Hello and welcome to the Legacy Church Podcast. We hope that today's message will inspire you to grow in your journey of faith. We believe that hope is for everyone. So, no matter where you find yourself on your journey of faith, we believe Jesus is willing to meet you right where you're at. So again, thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. Church is good. It's a good day to be in church. Why is this blower up here? I have no idea. Um, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I, I may have an idea. Uh, man, are you, I know you're eager to hear the word of God, but there's one more thing we got to do. Is that okay? Uh, and then I don't know if, we'll, if I'll ever get to the word, or, and if I do, I can't promise that we'll end on time, okay? Uh, but um, some of you may know that before me, uh, there was another lead pastor. Uh, in church world, we call it Pastor Emeritus. Uh, it's just fancy speak for like the guy that used to be in charge. Um, and some of you may know that, some of you may not know that, but um, uh, he is here for the first time since we transitioned the church. So Pastor Ralph, welcome back. We love you. Uh, if you don't know Pastor Ralph, uh, then just go up to him and say thank you. Because the ground you're standing on, he tilled. The fruit you see in this house, he planted those seeds. Okay, so if you like this church, go thank him. Okay? Uh, so, man, I'm telling you, this is a good day to be in church. Would you open up your Bible to the book of John, chapter 15? Today we're starting a, a brand new series that I am, I, I'm excited about, I am uh, challenged by, and um, I'm telling you, I, f- I feel like the Spirit of God is, is speaking to me very clearly in regards to where we need to go as a church, but the things that it's going to, in a sense, require out of us. And so in the book of John, chapter 15, verses 1 through 11, Jesus speaking says this, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear good fruit, he prunes that it may bear even more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. He says again, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, it is he that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, ooh, here it goes, he's thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. But if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you, so abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and I abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, look at this, that my, say with me, joy. Joy Joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Father, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you, God, because your word is alive, it's active, it's sharper than any double-edged sword. And so today, God, we pray that as we turn our attention to your word, you would open up our hearts, open up our minds, open up our ears to not just be hearers, but also doers of your word. And Lord, as I always pray, no matter where we're at on our journey of faith, whether today we're starting out and we're having questions or we've been walking with you for a long time, I pray that you speak and meet with each and every one of us individually right where we're at. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, 
Some of you may know this, uh, maybe just by my social media account, but on the weekends, I have decided to uh, start a little small business with my boys. About two, three years ago, uh, I decided that pastoring full-time didn't keep me busy enough, and that parenting five children didn't keep me busy enough, and so that instead of ever having a day off, I decided to start mowing lawns with my boys on Saturdays, and what started out as a small venture, you know, of two, three lawns here and there. My parents is now up to 20 plus lawns and we've kind of bit off a little more than we can chew. Uh, if you see bags under my eyes, you, maybe you're wondering why I didn't preach for two weeks. Your boy was just exhausted, you know? And, 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 and the reality is, is this, is that how many of you know that when you don't mow your lawn for a long time, it gets overgrown? Uh, some of you are looking at me with guilty faces because you've ignored every letter from the HOA. Okay? And you're like, why does the HOA get to tell me? Well, you know, you submitted to, to that community. So I'm just going to tell you right now, be, be that good Christ-following believer that makes your neighborhood look better than it was before you showed up. Two weeks ago... My son and I, my oldest son, Gabriel, and I, uh, we went to go bid a lawn. And there's a lady, she said it, it hasn't been mowed in months. And so she sent me photos. And can I just tell you, I think the photos she sent me were from two months ago. Because when we showed up, I'm telling you, the lawn was like up to my thighs. Now, I know I'm pretty short, but I'm telling you, that thing was, it was high, right? And, and Gabriel said to me, Dad, if we say yes to this lady, it's going to be at least a two-hour job. And... I'm teaching Gabe how to bid jobs and go, you know, basically we charge $1 per minute. So if it takes us 30 minutes, it's 30 bucks, you know. So I'm like trying, trying to get him to see. And he's like, Dad, this is a two-hour job, you know. And I'm looking at the lady. I'm like, I don't want to over, I don't want to charge this lady 120 bucks, you know. And, and so long story short, we bid the job. She says yes. The following day we show up. And before we arrive, we're loading up the truck. And Gabriel says to me, Dad, we should probably bring the second lawnmower. If you don't know this, we, we use battery-operated lawnmowers. I think it's because we bought into the green thing, but it's not really that green. Come on. Anyway, I'm not going to get into that because I know some of y'all get po political on me. And, and he goes, and I think we really should stop by the store and, and, and get another battery for our leaf blower because, Dad, like, we're going we're gonna to run out of battery uh, with this little, you know, leaf blower. How many of you know Ryobi 1 Plus doesn't really last for more than about 30 minutes? And so I'm like, no, son, we're fine. I got a little lazy. I'm like, we're fine. We're fine. Gabe, we're fine. It's going to be fine. You guys already know the rest of the story. I should have listened to my 14-year-old son. Because about 30 minutes into blowing this lady's yard, I'm pushing the trigger and, and there's, there's nothing. The, the battery's just completely dead. And so we're sitting there, you know, we plug in the charger and we're sitting at the bed of the truck just waiting for it to charge, watching it blink, right? From red to one bar to two bars. I'm like, man, and then at this point, I'm like, well, if I go out and buy another battery, then it's money lost, you know, because I didn't charge this lady enough. Like, and, and, and Gabe's just like sitting there going, no, nah, we should have grabbed the other, you know? You know, I, I never told him to say, I told you so, but you know he wanted to say, Dad, for the first time in my life, I told you so. And what does that have to do with what we're talking about today? You may ask, well, here's, here's the reality is that this, this leaf blower 
without proper power. And this may seem cheesy. It may seem very generic and fundamental. But I hope you remember this. This is nothing but a piece of plastic. That's useless in my hands. I'm pushing as hard as I can. I'm willing it to blow. I'm trying to blow. And nothing happens. But something happens when, when I attach proper power to this leaf blower. And suddenly I blow you away. And, and, and this goes from just being a piece of plastic that's awkwardly weighted to something that functions. Sorry, Soph, you're wearing a dress. I didn't mean that. She's in the front row. She's my wife. It's okay. It was an accident. And if you, and if you think a leaf blower provides wind, uh, and, and, I, and please, hear what I'm about to say. Can you imagine what the wind of the Spirit of God can do in our lives when we're properly attached to His power? You know, if you've been here for a while, you know that uh, several months ago I preached that you and I are not rowboats. We are sailboats made for the wind. We're called to put up our sails and the wind of the Spirit is what should guide our lives. But if you and I are not connected to the right power source, we're nothing but a piece of plastic. I know Lane called you guys dogs a couple weeks ago, so I'm calling you plastic. Church, here's my burning concern is that you would come to church week in and week out, that you would go to small group, that you would serve, that you would do this, you would do that, you read your Bible, you post about it, you do this, you that, and you've never experienced the source face to face. Here's my true deep concern as I, as I look at even recent studies that say pastors... At year 10 of pastoring, 70% of them quit. And I feel like there's got to be something that we're doing wrong. That we show up, we, and here's my concern, you show up, you do this, you do that, and you never experience what it's like to be connected face-to-face to the source. I mean, like, have you encountered it, but like, truly encountered the presence of God. Perhaps you're in this room and at some point in your life you've encountered His presence but it's no longer a consistent thing in your life for you to meet with God the Father. But no, like, I mean mean what I say, like, some of you have settled to knowing just about him as opposed to truly sitting with him and knowing him. I know I'm talking in Bible terms, but I, I, I think some of us have settled for hear, hearing from Moses who goes up the mountain and tells us about God when you and I can now go up the mountain ourselves. We've, we've, we've replaced our ability now to go up the mountain ourselves and ascend the hill with YouTube, celebrity pastors, 
A Sunday morning, 45-minute sermonette that tickles your ears. Instagram reels. Social media. And we, and we let Moses do the talking about God as opposed to us ascending the hill and meeting face-to-face with God. Some of you are like, Tony, when are you going to give us our three points? I'm just preaching today. Now, I'm not saying these sources I've mentioned are necessarily inherently a bad thing within themselves, but let me ask you, church, when was the last time you went up the mountain yourself? I'm telling you, my heart is burning for this. That we not build a culture where we think sprinkling Jesus and God and spirituality into our lives is what we're called to. But that He truly be the source. Church, oh man. And I hope the old saints amen me right now. It's about time we go back to the days where we abide first in Him. Where we learn to develop a life of abiding in Him. Where we remain attached to the source of the presence. And so today I want to talk to you about this idea of abiding in the source. Young people, learn this now. Old people, revive this in your heart today. Got a couple questions, a few questions, maybe three, maybe four, maybe five questions for you. We'll see. Number one is, is he priority in your life? I am the true vine, and my father is a vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Side note, either way, you're getting cut. But what kind of cutting do you want? In other words, back to this point, Jesus goes, I'm first. This may sound harsh, but just track with me. This is Jesus' words. You don't exist unless I exist. And some of us have gotten it twisted. We have thought that we make our life. And we make of our life what our life is. We think that our job is what we make of it. Our provision, our relationships. And Jesus is bringing us back to, my people, you don't exist unless I exist. And are you honoring the order that I have placed in life? Where I come first and you come after And if that's the case, that we don't exist unless he first existed, if, if he's truly the Alpha and Omega, by the way, those words are not just fancy preachers speak to show off their Greek. No, Alpha me- means literally the beginning before there was even a chance to begin. Like, that's how much the beginning is. Like, isn't that crazy? Like, before the beginning could begin, he began. 
That's what Alpha means. So if he's truly that, and, and if, if that's truly the case, then he rightfully deserves to be priority in our lives. Here's the problem. You and I are tricked by society and the things of this world and the culture that tells us that he comes only if and when we have leftovers. That's how some of you approach your finances. If I've got leftovers, then I honor God with it. That's how some of us treat I'm going after your heart today. Church attendance. If I don't have something better to do, then I'm there. That's how we treat serving. If I'm in the life stage, then I serve. That's how we treat relationships with the saints. If I've got time, and you know, all those are byproducts of the fact that our out-of-order life reflects that Jesus should come first. This is how we treat Bible reading. If I've got time, if I've got the stamina, this is how I treat prayer, this is how I treat worship, this is how we treat our spiritual practices, but church, we've got an invitation today to reattach to the source. Matthew 6, Jesus again speaking, says, Seek first. Say with me, first. first. Not when I've got time. Not when it's convenient. Not when things are just going well and how I want them. Not when, 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 when everything lines up. No, it says, Seek first the kingdom of God and what His righteousness and all these things will be added on to you. Let me just open up another parenthesis for you because I told you I'm more speaking from my heart and preaching than teaching today. And here, here's what I want to let you know. The context of the scripture, and I'm just going to speak directly to the heart of it, and I understand that there's psychology. I understand there's therapy. Guys, I go to therapy. I go to counselors. I get all that. But I'm just going to get to the heart of the one who invented counseling and therapy and psychology. The context of Matthew 6 is he's talking about anxiety. And Jesus is going, are you anxious about stuff? And he goes, here's the secret. So let me just talk to you, parentheses. You're over here and you're struggling day in and day out with anxiety. I'm not, I'm not telling you there's a, a pill that's going to fix you or there's a silver bullet. But have you at least tried the word of God? And the word of God is, is, is clear. Jesus is teaching us the proper order of a fruitful life in him. One that is not anxious, one that is not hurried. One that is not stressed. You want to know why you're so anxious? Because your life's out of order. Want to know why you're so stressed out? Your life's out of order. I'm just here to lovingly tell you the truth, okay? You want to, want to know why relationships are, just don't seem to... Your life's out of order. And church, i got to talk to you about this in a way that you understand I'm a human. My wife and I realized several months back, right, leading up the last summer, leading up into the transition of this church, that we had let some things become out of order in our life. And so we, we said, we're going we're gonna to reel some things back. And it cost us. I'm just, gonna here to, I'm just here to tell you, it cost us confusion in relationships, it costs us criticism. 
But I'm telling you, we, we said, we don't want what's going on in here to look different than what's going on out there. And what's going on out there should be a byproduct of what's going on in here. But what happens is we get it out of order. We go, weekend fun, friends, barbecues, blah, 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 blah. All good things. But those don't come before me and Sophia, me and my children, me and my family, me and my neighborhood that God's placed me in, me and my church family, and then the byproduct of an ordered life is, man, I got these friends, I got these barbecues, I got these conversations. Are you tracking with me? Well, Tony, what even is a fruitful life? What even is fruit? Well, I'm so glad you asked. Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Okay, here's what just happened. Most, some of you have tuned out because you've heard this preached so many times. I'm going to call your attention back. I'm not going to allow you to tune out. Fruit of the Spirit. And what happens is you rattle it real quickly. I want you to sit in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And against such things, there is no law. Not seeing these in your life? you're probably not attached to the vine. You want to know how, how I can tell the barometer of my life is when these things dwindle as opposed to grow. That's how Tony knows. Like, man, when I'm less loving, when I'm walking around grumpy, when I just got turmoil in me, when I'm just not using kind words and shooting ugly daggers with my eyes and using my words to hurt, where I just want to give up, where I'm just not gentle and I'm harsh, where I'm just blowing up by God knows. That's how I know I am not attached to the vine. And here's what happens. So many of us are attempting the spiritual wind of God with nothing in it. Give me the wind, God. Love. Come on, Tony. Love, 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 love people. Right? Oh, joy. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. Yep. Busy but blessed, brother. Joy of the Lord is my strength. Ah, kindness. <laughs> And A.W. Tozer says this, we go astray when we attempt to do spiritual work without spiritual power. Yes. Attach the power. Some of you are falling asleep. And our mistake is this, my friend, we go astray when we try to do spiritual work without spiritual power. And we've got to reattach ourselves. Number two, I want to ask you a second question today. Is he provider in your life? I've asked you, is he priority? Number two, is he provider? John 15, 5, 8 says this, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. 
Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. In other words, unless I provide you the good works, nothing good will come from you. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. But if you abide in me and my words, say with me my words, my words abide in you, you ask for whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. Just like sap in a tree flows from the trunk to the branches and gives life and fruit to the leaves, so the oil of the Spirit of God must be flowing through us. I know that maybe to some of you this may be new verbiage, we're not going to shy away from the reality that there is God the Father, there's Jesus the Son, and then there's a Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. You want to know why you're struggling sometimes to change? You've not tapped into the supernatural power of the Spirit of God. I'm telling you, I've experienced it in my life, and I'm telling you, it is, it's like turbocharging your engine. It's something just like... I know I'm taking a little longer. Do I, do I have some more time today? Uh, that's fine. Okay. It'll just make you hungrier for the pancake feed. <laughs> Unless we recognize that everything comes from him, flows from him, we won't want to be attached. We've got to recognize. Church, I, I don't know if you caught what I just said. Some of you, it's not even the attaching that's the problem. It's some of you have refused to agree with his biblical truth that everything flows from him. Right. It's true. And so again, we address our finances like, well, I'm the one that made it work. No, my guy. You think you're a provider? No, and, and like, I just, I love you enough to tell you this. At an early age, a mentor told me, no, God signs the checks. And so when we begin to approach our work life and our, and our money life as if it were me that provides, oh. Now, of course, there's a responsibility and God provides us the willingness and the able... I was telling, my, again, my 14-year-old son who's sitting right here and, you know, sometimes mowing lawns in 90-degree weather after you're a track champion like he is where you won the 1,600 meter and the 800 meter in the entire league. Come on, somebody. That's my boy right there. You know, and, and you've been invited to a regional uh, meet next Saturday. Pray for my boy. Anyway, uh, you, the last thing you want to do is get your butt up at 6 a.m. and start mowing some people lawns, right? And I told him yesterday, 12 o'clock, it's dead, you know, it's, it's hot. Our friends are at the lake and we're here mowing lawns. And I said, we've got to be grateful that God has provided us the legs, the feet, the arms, the strength to work. But notice how I don't make my legs work. I don't give myself the air in my lungs. I, it is, come on, I, I hope you're. That's right. That's right. What happens when you walk into a conversation? What happens when you deal with situations at work? What happens in your parenting? 
What happens when you're watching your grandbabies? What happens when you're having a conversation with your spouse? Are you functioning out of your own strength and ideas or are you tapping into the provider first? One of the things that we've been talking about even in our staff, and we do this as a pastoral care team. By the way, you should know this. Before you meet with us as pastors, I, I've trained our pastoral team that this is what we do. We pause in our day. We create space in our day to spend time in prayer first before somebody walks into our office. We are never to operate out of our own strength. So are we pausing to go, apart from you, God, I can do nothing. So I got to reattach myself to you as a source, and you're going to become priority and provider in my life. It's funny, we all love quotes like C.S. Lewis or A.W. Tozer. Let me give you a banger of a quote. You ready? Apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus. <laughs> um, okay, yeah. I, yeah, let, let's just... Let, let me read to you. You know, you know what's interesting is... Um, so I, I left, I, I usually prepare my sermons uh, in my home office on, on Wednesdays. That's my study day. I, I get secluded there, spend time with the Lord. And so today, I'll admit, I forgot my Bible. And so I've got a bunch of other Bibles in my office here, but none of them were the ESV. And so I pulled another ESV off the shelf, and it happened to be my wife's ESV that apparently she left here at some point. But in the margin of this scripture, she writes this. Although we are dependent on the Spirit to produce the fruit in us, we are not called to be passive. Just as a sunflower turns its head to seek out the sun, so we too need to orient our lives towards God through prayer, Bible study, repentance, praise, and adoration. Maybe she should just have preached a message and walked away. (laughs) It would have been done quicker. Last thing I want to share with you today, okay? And then we're going to wrap it up. My next question is, so is he, is he priority? Is he provider? Is he prevailing? If you abide in me and my words abide in you. I want to ask you, what's the loudest voice? Who has the greatest say in your life? Whose words are the loudest? What thoughts are prevailing? What words are prevailing? Is it your past experience that's prevailing? Is it traumatic experiences that are prevailing? Is it bad teaching that's prevailing? Is it words that people have spoken over you that are prevailing? Or is the word of God what prevails in your life? Are his thoughts what prevail when the rush of thoughts and traumatic experience, I've been there, come through and, 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 and that dark passenger wants to come over or those, those thoughts or, the, or, or that terrible indoctrination or that terrible teaching or, or whatever it is that it may be. Are those things what overtake you or is there somebody that has a louder voice in your life? Or are you giving the prevalent thought to other things, to other sources. Some of you have got to hear this today. You are actually much more in control than you think about your thought life. I understand some of us get thoughts, but you have the ability to submit those or allow those to take over. That's a different sermon for another time. And, and, I, know, and I know I've promised you 
series on mental health. We're going to do it, okay? It's on my whiteboard. I got this, okay? But oftentimes I've heard people say to me, God is just far away. I just don't feel him close. He's just not talking. Anybody been there? Come on, it's okay. No shame in that. He's just not saying anything. I know you've been there. I know I've been there. But this is what I have learned. So I want to submit this to you. I've learned that it's not so much that he's not talking. It's that I'm too noisy to listen. I've noticed my life, when he's not talking, it's because I'm too busy doing instead of being. If your life is too busy doing, filled with other things, man, let me just invite you into this beautiful declaration in the book of Psalms 91. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High. Wow. And there's that word. He will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Come on, that's where I want to be. I will say to the Lord, my refuge, my fortress, my God, in whom I trust. Sometimes I will go and revisit old sermons that I've written. I started preaching it when I, was, when I was 16. Somebody gave me a chance. And let me just tell you, they, they probably shouldn't have. <laughs> I was sharing this with Daniel Cotto. Um, it was in a Hispanic community, Spanish-speaking congregation. And if you don't know this, in Spanish, depending on the areas of Latin America that you're from, certain words can mean different things. <laughs> and some words are considered insults or cuss words in some places, that in other places just kind of regular talk. Literally, my first sermon, I say a word that to Mexicans, it translates as the F word. <laughs> to us Guatemalans, it was a no big deal. <laughs> so, so like, I'm 16 and I'm like, I'm preaching. <laughs> and I just say this word. And, I mean, I lost the crowd, y'all. <laughs> it's okay to laugh at me. But I was looking back just, just on Wednesday as I was sitting in my office preparing the sermon and writing out this series. And can I just get vulnerable with you for a second? I'm sitting there. So I'm coming up on a decade of preaching. And yeah, I can see where my theology grew or my doctrine got healthier. Or, but there was like this this loss of faith that I could see. And I'm like, where's that faith? I'm like, where's that dependency on God? I mean, I'm looking at these sermons and I'm going, I was completely surrendered and I didn't, I didn't give a rat's what people thought about me. I just wanted to depend on God and not always nail three points and have great bangers and quote C.S. Lewis and again, all great things. I should just make a custom of having tissues up here. I should know myself by now. I'm like, where's the courage? 
Why is there so much insecurity in, in this? I just got hit. I, so I'm, I'm wrecked in my room. And, um, and I, go, I, I go to my guitar there in the... And, and you guys know this. I'm not a great singer. That's why I'm going to move this away. And, um, and so I, I just like... I sit there in my room and I'm just like... Except I was playing guitar so it sounded much better than this. But I just started revisiting old songs and thought to myself, when was the last time I had a moment like this in his presence? And I sat there and I literally, for an hour and a half, just bawled my eyes out at the feet of Jesus, shut down my laptop and just worshiped him and just began to just cry out. Come breathe in me, all my life, take over. Come breathe in me, and I will rise on. And I just went to the verse and just started to sing. Here I am waiting, abide in me, I pray. Here I am longing for you. Hide me in your love, bring me to my knees. May I know Jesus more and more. So I just, anyway, I probably making it awkward for some of you. Like, okay, why is this guy up there bawling his eyes out? But I, I needed to give you some perspective. I'm going to land the plane, and then the band's going to come up and sing this song way better than I just played it. In fact, you guys can come up, babe. And I sat there for an hour and a half just revisiting these songs with the Lord. And, and I wonder, church, when was the last time you sat at the feet of Jesus face to face like that? Can you... Just do me a favor. Don't get distracted by all the moving parts, okay? When was the last time you experienced sitting at his feet and not caring about the schedule and what was coming ahead? And I'm telling you, I was doing good work. I mean, I think this is a pretty decent sermon, right? Like, come on, somebody, help me out. And I'm like, God, you're interrupting my work day. Don't you know I work for... You? <laughs> the people need funny illustrations and analogies, and, and they got to know that, 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 that the doctrine I'm preaching is sound, and, and, and the Spirit of God comes and just strikes me in my room, 
in my office and I have nothing left but to pour my heart and soul at the feet of Jesus and reattach myself to the vine. And suddenly things began to flow out of me. Suddenly things began to declare. Faith began to arise. Hope began to arise. Things began to be healed. And you're going, Tony, you're so loud and passionate already. How can you have more faith and more hope? I'm telling you, the broken areas of my life began to be submitted in that moment. And I said, God, I'm crying out to you. I need you. I want you as my source and my only source. Come and abide in me. And my question, my question is, some of you here today may have at one point encountered the presence of God that way and then you forgot. Here's my other concern. Some of you have never experienced God that way. What I'm saying to you is foreign. And that's okay. Today we're going to fix that. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm not going to, and I don't have a perfectly packaged way to end this. I mean, I'm, I basically got to get it off the stage and go ball my eyes out. So I, I, I don't have a perfect way to, to do this. So we're going to just turn off the lights again whenever you guys get a chance. Thanks, Lane. And this band's going to play this song. And I'm going to let you sit with Jesus. And I'm not, going to say, I'm not saying this to guilt you. If you have to go, I get it. You didn't come to church expecting me to go long or for me to then go, hey, forget about the time. But if you can, go for it. I'm, and I'm going to do this the old school way because I've shied away too much from this. You're going to come to the altar and you're going to make it clear to everyone around you. And you know where I was challenged in this? As I peeked my head in on a Wednesday night at youth group. Youth group. Filled with some amazing kids, but also if you knew the stories of the other half, of kids that literally have to Uber to show up on a Wednesday night. Kids who walk from the drug house here, half-baked still. And they're up here. Am I right, Chris? Are you, am I right? I mean, they're up here surrendering. So, Lord, I mean, I peek my head in on Wednesday night. I'm going, what in the world? So the altar's open. Let's sing a song. And let's see what the Spirit of God does. Thank you once again for joining us today. We hope today's message encouraged you, challenged you, and caused your faith to grow. If you enjoyed today's message, we highly encourage you to subscribe to this podcast. That way you don't miss out on any future messages. To get to know us, to get connected with us, and to know how you can best partner with us, head to our website, LegacyChurchID.com. Or come see us in person at our campus in Meridian, Idaho. We look forward to connecting with you. May God bless you and have a great rest of your day.